This week's episode of Let's Talk About Chef is being brought to you by some moron who thought that it was a good idea to offer the New York Times for a dollar a week. You know when you're at a store and the checkout person accidentally either doesn't charge you for something or rings it in way cheaper than it should be? Or you're at a restaurant like we used to go to all the time and the waiter forgets to ring in a glass of wine making your bill cheaper? And you think to yourself in that moment, it seems like we have an issue here. Clearly this person has screwed up. They messed up at their job, and although it's not their fault, I can either tell them of their mistake and pay the correct amount, or I can smirk and casually pay the smaller amount, knowing that this time I won and will let karma decide what happens later. Well, dear friends, despite what position you would take in that situation, I am here to tell you that somebody at the New York Times fucked up real bad and is going to get fired because you can still get a digital subscription to the world's greatest newspaper for one dollar a week. One dollar. There are journalists in war zones right now getting shot at, living in mud and filth, trying to bring you the real news. And you can pay the absolute not fair amount when you take in comparison of their efforts of four bucks a month for it. You would be quite frankly stupid to not take advantage of this. Do you know that I once tried to get a subscription to the New York Times like 10 years ago and it was going to cost like a hundred dollars a month? Now it's four. What the hell? You can go online at any point and read up to 10 free articles a month, but that's kind of like watching Netflix previews for movies and then saying that you saw the whole thing. Like, let me explain. If you saw one of those weird little previews for Forrest Gump on Netflix, you would really have no clue about what was going on in that movie. But you might be able to make some up some shit and sound like you maybe saw it. Like, there's this guy who's dumb and he's sitting on a bench and he likes candy and grows a beard and plays ping pong sometimes. And uh, he fought in a war and John Lennon was there. There, you see how fucking stupid I sound? That's what you sound like when you get your news from Facebook or Twitter or, God forbid, Instagram. Get your news from the best source in the world and stop sounding like an idiot that's never seen Forrest Gump. You know what? If you haven't seen Forrest Gump, go and watch it and then head over to the nytimes.com and get started. It happened again. There I was, sitting on my front porch, drinking wine and enjoying watching my slightly unintelligent and newly acquired five chickens walking around pecking at nothing. I'm pretty sure I probably had Miles Davis playing through the speaker in the kitchen window, and I was sitting there thinking about nothing in particular, surrounded by fields and trees and somewhat mentally challenged birds. It's been a while since I released an episode of the podcast, and that's because it's been hard to realize what I wanted to write about, because the world seems kind of, well, fucking insane right now. So I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, and I'm enjoying myself, and then an email comes through to the letstalkaboutchef at gmail.com, and it felt suspiciously similar to one that had happened before. The email read, Hey Brian, love the podcast, been listening for a few months now from Germany, I really love the Poison Squad episode. I think you should do a podcast like Serial, a true crime podcast, because you would be great at it, and then more people would listen to it. Best of luck, have a great service, and have a great week, and then I'm not going to say their name. Well, if you were a listener of this show, you would know that a few months back I received a very similar email that I should do a true crime podcast instead of Let's Talk About Chef. That I should give up this food podcast thing and focus on true crime, because that's what people want to listen to. Even though Let's Talk About Chef has like 26,000 subscribers and is a globally ranked food podcast and blah, 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 blah. And so I did an entire episode at that time about the true crime of ranch dressing, essentially spending an entire week of my life to say a very eloquent fuck you to the previous listener who suggested I abandon ship and focus on the genre of true crime. 
At first, as I sat there, I thought that there was no way I would waste another week of my life making a show to give the middle finger to another person, and I left it alone. I tried to forget about it. I tried to ignore the burning, sarcastic lines I was coming up with in my dreams, and then finally I decided enough was enough. There was absolutely no possible reason that I would be so petty as to make an entire show like Serial, a podcast that came out coincidentally like seven years ago, just because somebody said I should, and I wanted to prove to them that they were stupid. I would not stoop so low. I would not bend my morals. I would not be goaded into it. I would not. In the 1960s in southern Ontario, Canada, a man unwittingly unleashed a monster into this world. With his hands he crafted a thing so hated, so controversial, and so absolutely, to some, the worst crime to God we have ever seen. It is despised as much as it is celebrated. It has ended friendships, probably ended marriages. It's possible that it has caused physical altercations. Today, on Let's Talk About Chef, it's the true crime of Hawaiian pizza. Tons of food has been hated or overstayed its welcome. I'm thinking about hipster brunch staple avocado toast, or cupcakes, kale, and I seem to recall a time where every single restaurant had poke bowls on the menu. But Hawaiian pizza has stood the test of time as the singular most controversial and shunned modern food. Italian pizza makers have compared putting pineapple on pizza to taking a sharpie and doodling on the Mona Lisa. Gordon Ramsay has said that you do not fucking put pineapple on pizza. The story of Hawaiian pizza is really the story of how crap food was in Canada in the 1960s. This was a time of TV dinners, roast beef on Sundays. Restaurants were the furthest thing from what they are today, and in Canada, as in the whole country, seemed to specialize in steakhouses, Italian red sauce joints, and diners. Basically the type of restaurants that I fantasize about having dined in. Pizza didn't really exist. It wasn't popular and it was hard to find, which is really kind of crazy thing when you think about how much it's sold as the world's most popular food today. And at that, one of the biggest myths of Hawaiian pizza is it wasn't even invented in Hawaii. It was invented in a small town called Chatham, Ontario, which is between Windsor and London, about half an hour from the border of Detroit. And the man who created this controversial pie was a Greek immigrant named San Panopoulos. Sam owned a small restaurant called The Satellite, and one day he traveled across the nearby border to Detroit and discovered in a bar a revelation. Pizza. Now, Detroit-style pizza is a time-honored tradition in its own right. It's created in 1946 at Buddy Rendezvous, which is an amazing name for a bar, by the way. It is a rectangular pizza cooked in a metal pan that was originally designed for use as an automotive drip pan or to hold small industrial parts in factories. And Sam loved what he was eating. Loved it so much that he took that knowledge back across the border home with him to his restaurant where he started to make what local Canadians called ethnic food, also known as pizza. Now, before we get to the pineapple on pizza incident of 1962, Sam was making pizza, and a lot of it. People started to catch on to this so-called ethnic food, and they were all loving it. So much so that he started selling it to go. 
Of course, he couldn't get any pizza boxes because they weren't a thing yet, so he cut circles of cardboard out of boxes he got from a furniture store that was down the street. But pizza wasn't enough to survive on, so Sam started making whatever he thought of to try and stay afloat. Chinese food, Greek food, steaks, anything to get people through the doors. And it was the Chinese food that led him on the path to creating the monster that is Hawaiian pizza, because North American Chinese food has several dishes that balance sweet with savory ingredients. So one day he innocently put a can of pineapple onto the pizza he was making, later in that same day adding ham to it to try and balance the sweetness. And that was the day that the pizza he would call Hawaiian, because that was the brand of pineapple he was using, was born. Tiki culture in Canada was in full form in the 60s. After World War II, the country for some reason was obsessed with all things tiki. Tiki bars, tiki glassware, and whatever the hell tiki food is. And putting pineapple onto a pizza wasn't as far-fetched as it seemed to Sam, who had been adding pineapple, lots and lots of dishes, to try and capitalize on this craze of all things tropical. At first, the public hated it. Diners couldn't understand what the pizza they were eating had fruit on it, and they were angry. But over the next few days, rumors started to swirl around the town of Chatham. Rumors that a new type of pizza was being made in the satellite restaurant. One that not even the most unsuspecting person would ever think would cause such an uproar even decades later. Really? Seriously? Oh, come on, guys. What? Well, Gordon, you promised your fans that if 500 more people donated to the Great Ordman Street Hospital, you would eat a pineapple pizza. So why don't we find out if we hit our goal? Uh, well, first of all, thank you, because we have, but that means the downside is I have to eat this <laughs> piece of sugar. Um, is there pineapple on there? There's pineapple in How there. How much? A lot. A heaping amount of pineapple. Let's, let, let's do it. All right. Junato, come here, you. Here we go. Don Johnson of, <laughs> of electricity. Come in here. Would you eat pineapple on a pizza? No. Thank you, sir. Oh, Lord, come on. Okay, uh, seriously? I mean, honestly, really? The only thing Hawaiian on this board is the fact that I'd love to drop it in the ocean. <laughs> I mean... Pineapple's a fruit. It needs to be roasted with vanilla and served with the most amazing coconut ice cream. Not on a pizza with tomatoes. So... Imagine salty, sweet cardboard, because that's what's exactly going on in my mouth right now. Uh, not good. This isn't a pizza. This is a mistake. Again? It would be hard to pinpoint when in the timeline of anything that makes sense that pineapple on pizza began to be so hated. Pineapple is in the top 10 of all fruits purchased every year. There was even a Wall Street Journal article that was published a few years ago by chef-turned-food writer Aaron Gupta stating that disdain towards Hawaiian pizza is just another form of cultural elitism. There was a short-lived change.org petition to outright ban pineapple on pizza in North America, and that only got seven followers. So why, whenever you say the name Hawaiian pizza, does it invoke so much disdain among people? It's not really that crazy of an idea. I mean, Tacos El Pastor is Lebanese-inspired spit-roasted pork served with pineapple. 
Then if you really want to get technical, for all those haters out there who say fruit doesn't belong on pizza, that, and I quote, it's worse than Hitler, tomatoes are a fruit. And back to Sam, who created the thing in the first place, he died not understanding why his pizza invention was so despised. In fact, he died knowing that the president of Iceland basically thought he was a monster for inventing it. In 2017, Icelandic President Johnny Johansson told a group of high school students during a Q&A that he was fundamentally opposed to ordering pineapple on pizza, and if he could pass the law, he would outright ban it in the country of Iceland, even having to double down on his words in a public statement after the news quote went viral. He said, I like pineapples, just not on pizza. I do not have the power to make laws which forbid people to put pineapple on their pizza, and I'm glad I do not hold such power. Presidents should not have unlimited power. I would not want to hold this position if I could pass laws forbidding that which I do not like. I would not want to live in such a country. For pizza, I recommend seafood. Despite if you love or hate Hawaiian pizza, it is actually responsible for catching a man who was on a murder spree in 1992. On April 6, 92, a 19-year-old Chad Allen Lee with his friend, a 14-year-old David Hunt, ordered a pizza and got it delivered to a vacant house that they were partying in. When the pizza delivery driver, a woman who has never been named, arrived at the house, the pair held her at gunpoint, walked her out into the desert, barefoot, and then burned her car. Now, this is where I have to warn you, the next few minutes of this episode can get kind of gruesome. They sexually assaulted this woman and then made her remove all of the money she had from an ATM. When she handed over the money, she ran away, but the two boys caught up to her and shot her. Chad Lee then took her jewelry to a pawn shop and got 170 bucks for it all. Now, for some reason, the murder of the pizza delivery driver prompted some kind of killing rage and lack of remorse in Chad. And 10 days after he had killed the pizza delivery driver, he hailed a cab to go to a convenience store so that he could buy cigarettes. When they arrived at the store, Chad pulled his gun on the cab driver, who tried to grab the gun away from Chad, who then fired nine shots at the driver, hitting him four times and killing him. When he drove back to the vacant house with the cab and the body of the driver in the car, 14-year-old David Hunt followed behind him in another car they had stolen down a dirt road where they dumped the cab and set it on fire. Now, 11 days after that murder, Lee went into another convenience store and asked for cigarettes, and instead of waiting, just decided to pull out his gun and shoot the clerk five times in the head, robbing the store of all of its cigarettes and whatever money was in the till, which was about 40 bucks. Now, they couldn't get into the cash drawer because it was locked, so they threw it a bunch of times out the window of the car they were driving away in until it smashed open. Now, while they were in the car, the boys heard on the radio that even though police hadn't yet captured the killers, they had identified uh, some prints and knew that they had a serial killer on their hands. So the boys drove to the woods and burned their shoes and knife and gun along with the car they were in. Although the fire burned pretty much everything, there was a receipt on the ground near the fire with a bloody fingerprint on it that belonged to Chad. Now, Phoenix police officers were losing their minds trying to capture whoever was killing all of these people. Residents in Arizona were clearly scared, and then one cop had the brilliant idea of checking to see where the Pizza Hut delivery driver had gone to the night she disappeared. And there on the order sheet, amongst all the other deliveries, was a pizza. And it was a pizza that seemed strange and out of place to the detective. And kind of gross, because it was a pizza with pineapple and ham on it. And it was the only one on the delivery sheet going to a vacant house on the outskirts of town. So, the detective then checked other orders from the same Pizza Hut, and a few days after that initial Hawaiian pizza had been ordered, another Hawaiian pizza had been ordered and delivered to the home of David Hunt's stepmother. 
The double Hawaiian pizza order and a lack of any other evidence led the police to go to the home of Hunt's stepmother, who told him where David would be. He was at his dad's house. And when the police went to Hunt's father's house, they found David Hunt, Chad Lee, and more Hawaiian pizza boxes. After fingerprinting the pair, they quickly arrested them and Lee confessed to murders, the crime spree, and ordering the Hawaiian pizzas. Uh, he's now serving three life sentences. If it hadn't been for the killer's taste for pineapple on pizza, a lot more people could have been hurt. Hello there, this is Louis Theroux. Um, I'm, I'm here to tell you about a very spicy debate that is taking place. A subject so hot, so toxic and divisive that actually I've shied away from covering it. Notwithstanding all the subjects I've covered over the years, this one was too hot for me to touch. I can only stand back with awe, admiration and trepidation, looking through my fingers the filmmakers have taken on this unbelievably complicated, this war-torn and fractious issue of pineapple on pizza. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No way, that should be illegal. Hell yeah. Every time for me. Yes. Absolutely not. No. Why not? Because it's a fruit. You can't put fruit on a pizza. Why is everyone so snobby about Hawaiians? They're amazing. You're denying your taste buds if you don't like it. I don't know why people object to it so much. Let it be how it is, all right? The real pizza. La margarita. You can't put mango on a pizza. Oh, yeah, okay. You can put a melon on a pizza. Okay, yeah. Pineapple doesn't go on the pizza. Pineapple is a fruit. There is nothing that doesn't belong on pizza. Pizza's a blank canvas to me. You can put an apple on a well, pizza. Well, yeah, there is that. You can put a lemon on a pizza. Uh, yeah, I know you can oh. put a lime on a pizza. Okay. My brother's favorite used to be broccoli and pineapple. Grilled chicken, jalapeno, and pineapple. That's my style. I love sweet and savory combinations, and I think pineapple pizza has it all. Pineapple pizza. Delicious. Okay, I'll get your point. You couldn't put a pan on a pizza. Look, look forget it. Uh, I say, ananananas, ananananó. My dad is an Italian restaurateur. I remember years ago, we went for a family outing. He saw on the menu one of the pizzas had pineapple on it, and he interrupted. He was like, what the f*** is this bullshit? Uh, a pineapple on a pizza. My secret vice, the Hawaiian. Sorry, Dad. My dear, sweet, 85-year-old mother. It's her favorite pizza, and she deserves to eat what she wants. If you use good pineapple and good ham, and not just the canned stuff, it's going to taste good. What is your opinion on pineapple on pizza? I pick it off. You pick it off? <laughs> yeah, just no, have the ham. You'll never see me put pineapple on pizza because I just don't think it tastes good. In the end, liking something like pineapple on pizza doesn't make you a bad person. And it doesn't make you an unintelligent human with a bad palate. How do I know that? Because I like Hawaiian pizza. I fucking love Hawaiian pizza. It is literally the only pizza I eat if I'm getting pizza to bring home, and it's awesome. I have no desire to murder anyone, and I also have no desire to bring harm to anyone. I think of Hawaiian pizza as a regional food item created about 40 minutes from where I grew up, and right now, where I'm sitting... The satellite restaurant where Hawaiian pizza was unleashed upon the world is about 30 minutes away. Regional food and tastes are fascinating, because we look at food other people eat and find it crazy that anybody could eat it. I'm sorry to all my Australian friends, but Vegemite is fucking disgusting. It's like really bad, yet most of my Aussie friends eat it like they're prisoners on death row. Now, does it make them right or wrong if they enjoy Vegemite? No, because it doesn't matter. People are allowed to like whatever they want. 
Life is too short and too full of horrible things for anyone to really spend the time worrying about something stupid like pineapple on pizza. The true crime of Hawaiian pizza is that it sparks any controversy at all. Eat your pizza. Eat it however you want. Enjoy yourself. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Let's Talk About Chef. It was written by me, Brian Clark. I want to thank everyone who emails me from all over the world. If you want to send an email into the show, you can send everything to letstalkaboutchef at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at Chef Brian Clark. I just want to say that word of mouth is the only reason that Let's Talk About Chef is listened to all over the world, and so if you can tell someone about the show, I would really appreciate it. I want to thank the New York Times for continuing to let me talk about them, and please, for the love of everything that is holy to my American listeners, vote Trump out of office. You have one chance to get rid of a complete fucking psychopath who's going to destroy your country even more than he has. So do your part, go out and vote, because if he wins again and I have to hear about, oh, my American friends, oh, why is Trump back in office? That's not fair. He shouldn't be allowed to say, oh, but you didn't vote him out. It's your own goddamn fault. You have democracy on your side. Democracy, if you vote, he will be losing. He will lose. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying anymore. You have one chance. One chance, one chance to get him out. One chance.